Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are working together long distance this week. I am home in uh, my living room, and uh, Don and Stan are in the uh, Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio, but we're recording episode number 199. Have a really good show set up for you today in our warm-up segment. We're going to talk about our city of the week, player of the week, equipment tip of the week, have a fun did you know, a great listener question, and of course, Paige's power play. In our leadoff segment, we're going to talk about the impact on recruiting if you choose to not play high school ball, something that we've talked about in the past, but had two different listeners email with questions about it. So I thought we'd add that to the list for today. In our cleanup segment, we're going to talk about vision training for hitting, some high-tech and low-tech things that people can be doing. And then our coaching tip of the week, we're going to talk about building your players' confidence and things that we should be doing as coaches to help increase their confidence, give them more faith in themselves when they play the game. So before we get into the topic, Let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And please, as we say in the tag, uh, please do take advantage of that EFP20 if you're getting a baseball bat, softball bat, fast pitch bat. Um, any other equipment, uh, you get use that EFP20 and you get the same discount. Also, if you're in a position where you can help support us, become a patron. Which if you go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, it's all going to be explained to you there. There's three different levels of monthly support. We're very fortunate. We've got a great group of patrons, but we'd love to add some more people to that list. So if you're in a position where you can, and if you see value in what we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So now in our warm-up segment this week, first off, let's talk about our city of the week, Taylor, Michigan. Taylor, Michigan. That's pretty awesome. They're probably still getting a lot of cold weather up there. Yeah, I would guess, you know, uh, down here in Georgia and uh, my son up in Nashville, we've been complaining and whining about this uh, winter weather, but compared to uh, what they have in the upper Midwest, I'm sure uh, this little bit of winter that we're getting isn't uh, very daunting. But uh, we're always excited to see a big jump in the numbers. Taylor, Michigan, obviously the state of Michigan is a softball area that's really, really successful. Uh, University of Michigan, Michigan State, and a whole bunch of really good Division II programs all play softball in the state of Michigan. And obviously the folks in Taylor are doing a good job of spreading the word. If you can, find somebody who you know who is not listening to everything fast pitch and coach prep and turn them on to it. Get them to listen. It's available every place that podcasts are available. And we certainly would love to see the numbers jump uh, uh, every place uh, continue to grow. They are growing steadily. Um, but big jumps are always fun for us because it tells us that uh, we uh, are hitting on some cool topics and talking about stuff that people are interested in. So, Taylor, Michigan, congratulations. You're the city of the week. So our player of the week this week, Don, let's take a walk down memory lane. Let's talk about Kelsey Marica. Yeah, no, I'm really excited, Tori, for us to be recognizing Kelsey. She was a Kel High School graduate, I think, back in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. 
And then she played up at Virginia Tech for our friend Scott Thomas that we've had on on air here a time or two. In her time there, Kelsey, well, let's let's rewind a little bit further. When she graduated from Cal High School, she had a 4.43 GPA. She was the ESPN Gatorade Player of the Year. She was the Georgia High School Player of the Year. She just was a phenomenal athlete and uh, always exciting to watch Kelsey work. Um, went off to Virginia Tech to play there uh, for four years. She was uh, given the Skelton Award, which is a top female athlete in the Virginia Tech athletic department. Um, and that was her junior year. Uh, she's now working for Lockheed Martin, but uh, got a message from her saying that she is going to be recognized at Cal High School and inducted into their Hall of Fame. So that's just one more thing for Kelsey to put there with her name. And uh, she's worked so hard, and I'm so excited for her that, uh, you know, that we're able to recognize her today on the podcast. Yeah, I know Kelsey was a great player in high school. She had a great college career. It was one of those kids that broke my heart. It's really hard to recruit her when I was still coaching at Tennessee Tech. Um, and unfortunately, uh, finished second or third in that sweepstakes. And so she ended up having a great career at Virginia Tech, had the good fortune of uh, getting to coach against her a couple of times during her college career. And she's just a heck of a player and a heck of a person. And uh, let's just cut to the chase. One of the two or three smartest people that you or I will probably ever know in the history of our lives. Right. <laughs> no, Kelsey's a lot of fun. When you say she's working at Lockheed Martin. She's not a janitor. <laughs> no, she's uh, they Tori. Exciting when uh, when she won that Skelton Award. I believe that uh, GE and Lockheed and maybe some others were uh, flying her to interviews. I believe and and trying to recruit her before she even graduated. Yeah, no, that's an amazing thing. So congratulations, exciting. Kelsey Marika. You are the fast pitch prep player of the week. So Don, this week for our equipment tip of the week, let's talk about Square Cuts training discs. Um, we're always excited to talk about our Square Cuts training discs. We've been very pleased with the response that we've gotten. If you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, click on the link on the front page. You can order them there. They're $49.95 a dozen. We've got them boxed up and ready to ship. It's a great tool uh, for a player to have individually if they want to just have one more tool to work with uh, at the house when they're doing their individual training. It's also a great tool for a team to have for team practices. And in a little bit today, when we talk about vision training for a little bit, um, Square Cuts also has a real value in, in that idea in that area because uh, there's ways that you can use it to help really focus in visually on on what exactly a player is trying to hit. No, Tori, we've had great response as well uh, on this side of town and um, always excited when we get people coming back to get another set. And uh, that's just confirmation that we're onto something good and that people are enjoying them when they get them. Um, they are very durable. And when I say people coming back, they're uh, those that got them originally when we first brought them out. And uh, just excited that it's been a good tool for everybody to try. And if you don't have any, you need to get some. Right. And and just to kind of put it all in perspective, the people who are wearing them out are hitting them constantly. I mean, there's just uh, you know the ones that you use in your cage. Um, you've got uh, you know sessions of kids using that hour after hour every single day of the week. Um, and those things are holding up to that kind of use. So for the typical player, Typical situation where you're going to use them uh, for your home training or use them at practice once or twice a week. They're going to hold up for a really long time. I was going to say, Tori, if they're using them once or twice a week at home, that might be the only set they need. Yeah, I would agree with that. So uh, make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, $49.95 a dozen. Go ahead and get them ordered. We'll get them shipped out to you right away. So, Don, did you know we're a couple of weeks away from the college softball season starting back up? Uh, we're going to have uh, Justin McLeod on with us here in a couple of weeks right before we get going with the uh, uh, kickoff. 
to the college season. We're going to do a, a big preview special then talking about uh, what we've got on the horizon with college athletics, especially with Justin for a division one, but uh, division two is a couple of weeks away and there's a lot of great softball about ready to get started. No, it's going to be very exciting. And of course we're going to stay on top of it, but Justin's always uh, fun to get the inside scoop and to get another perspective on, on what he's seeing and the temperature of things. And if it's, uh, if it's anything like we're expecting, I think it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a, a all-out kind of season, and I'm very excited to to get going with some college games. One of the things that I would strongly recommend to all our listeners to make sure that uh, you take advantage of uh, the opportunities that you have to see the college game as much as you possibly can, um, whether it's on ESPN, I think between ESPN and all their networks, uh, the Big Ten Network, the SEC Network, ACC Network, their softball on TV seven days a week um, once they start cranking it up here in, in uh, February. And then obviously the opportunity to go and see games in person. I'm praying that things go well here at the start of the season. I've got a weekend uh, up in Athens where a whole bunch of players that I have coached are all going to be showing up in Athens to play in a tournament. A couple for UGA, a couple for Georgia Southern, a couple for Bryant. And it's kind of an interesting uh, old home week uh, to get a chance to get together and see a bunch of the kids that I've coached all playing in the same place the same weekend. So I'm hoping that Mother Nature cooperates and that uh, we don't have any setbacks as far as scheduling goes. No, that would be exciting for sure. And uh, again, anytime you can get out there and watch that high, high-end high softball, and it can be um, exciting to encourage us to work harder, so maybe we might get a chance to do that one day. Yeah, and I would cer- certainly encourage travel ball and high school coaches to get the, your teams on a bus, take them to see a game, make it a day of practice, You know, skip a practice some Saturday or skip a practice some weekday if you can, and head out and see a college game. Uh, go early, watch the team warm up, uh, give your players a chance to see what really good softball looks like. I know when I was coaching at the high school level, it was one of the biggest things that we ever did was like uh, the greatest eye-opening experience for our high school kids. Because when you start to be pretty good, you just think you're good enough. Right. And to have a chance to see how good, really good is, was a was a great experience for them. So, well, Tori, uh, I was did you say, know college softball is just around the corner? I was going to say one more thing, Tori, too. When when we take the time to go to these games, look around the campus a little bit, too. Take time to soak in the environment there and see if it's a, a place that you would be excited to maybe attend. All right. So our listener question this week, Don, comes to us from Lauren. And Lauren's uh, statement is, my 10-year-old daughter makes really good contact. She, she never strikes out but she doesn't drive the ball very well. Everything seems to be a softly hit uh, blooper type ball versus those hard hit line drives. Can you help? No, that's that's kind of a, a normal question and a normal situation, I think, Tori, because a lot of times we work on technique, we work on you know all those fundamental pieces of our swing, but when it gets down to it, I'm assuming it's an 11-inch ball, I'm assuming it's 10U, and, and that yeah, they're not 10U, playing I'm up. sure it's still an 11-inch ball. Um, my guess is it's probably first year kid pitch. Yeah. And so, you know, all the stuff that we've talked about in the past where, you know, the bats are still so light when the kids are that young that they don't have a whole lot of mass when they do make contact. So there's not a lot behind the swing itself when they, when they make contact. And for a lot of kids, especially very small framed kids, kids that have not started to develop physically. I think sometimes the ball just kind of overpowers them a little bit. The ball's just going, you know, the ball's just a little bit stronger than they are at that age. That's exactly what I see too, Tori, and hand strength and things like that. It, it almost looks like the ball is battling their bat to knock it out of their hands type of thing. 
And, almost uh, like the bat stops for a split second when the two come together versus yeah. when they get older and the bat drives through the ball more. So again, just general conditioning things, hand strength, you know, encouraging them to get after it and, and realize that it's, it's optimum if they try and swing through it and hit through it if they can. Uh, again, the more mass, just as you said, with the bat barrel, the more mass that we can manage and that we can get there in a timely manner, the better off we're going to be in terms of that performance and winning that collision too. But that's why it gets a little tricky. You know, I've even seen some minus 13 bats. And at that yeah. point, at that point, the, the barrel is just so light that it is tough to win that collision. Yeah. And when the, when the ball weighs more than the part of the bat, that's actually making contact <laughs> with the challenge. But as you said, Don, I would still recommend, you know, doing all the different drills that, uh, that are, you know, available of working on, you know, trying to drive through the ball, trying to finish more powerfully. And then also for Lauren's daughter, I would recommend that we talk, you know, attitude wise, just a little bit about taking a little bit more of a come out of your shoes, swing a little bit more. Um, one of the things that I think happens, especially with younger players, um, is they're so worried about striking out and they're so afraid of striking out that a lot of times they'll settle for a three-quarter speed swing just to make sure that they make contact. So it could be a combination of all those things. So, so Lauren, don't panic. Just like all young players, she's going to keep getting stronger. And uh, um, if you all keep working at it, I'm sure she's going to start driving that ball sooner than later. Um, and uh, as she gets older and keeps working on it, I'm sure she's going to be a of really successful hitters. All right, Don, our leadoff topic this week is brought to us by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite Sporting Goods is located at 905 Grayson Highway. The phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at elitesportsorders at yahoo.com. Uh, make sure you contact the folks at Elite for any equipment, bats, balls, uniforms, anything that you need, um, and they're more than happy to ship it anywhere in the country. So, Don, had two different uh, listeners reach out to me this week, which I thought was a sign that we definitely needed to revisit this topic. We have talked about it before, but I think it's one of those that's worth uh, jumping back into periodically. And I think we can kind of have a little bit quicker version of this discussion today. We had a couple different people reach out to us this week with, with uh, this question, which made it seem like a, a very timely topic, something that I think is always worth talking about. I know we've talked about it in the past, uh, but let's take a quick little uh, uh, walk down memory lane and talk about the impact of not playing high school ball on a player's ability to get recruited to play in college. I know we have talked about that a few times, Tori, and I think the consensus is is that in a perfect world, it's important for us to be playing at all the different venues that we can. You know, if it was a situation where it didn't work out and it's not going to be um, comfortable or suitable for us to participate at the high school, I think travel ball is a an ideal way for us to still be seen, but there's always going to be that, that thought of, well, and the college coach's mind is going to be, why aren't they participating? What is the issue? And, um, is it more on the, the coaching end or is it more on the player's end? And it's going to definitely encourage us to investigate a little bit more, I would think. Right. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head down in, in a perfect situation a player should play everything they possibly can. So they should play school ball. They should play travel ball. Um, they should do everything that they can for, for recruitability. If they want to play in college, the more they play, the more high level they play, the, the more opportunities they have, the better off it's going to be. You know, obviously, I have to throw the disclaimer in there when we start this discussion always because I started off as a high school coach. And so yeah. you know, I'm always predisposed to defend or to think about defending high school coaches and high school programs. Because in certain places and definitely in certain parts of the country, there's this groundswell of momentum kind of building up that high school is a waste, high school has no value. And unfortunately, 
we know that the, the typical high school situation is not going to be as competitive. Um, you're not going to be playing as many great players as you would if you're playing on a high-level travel team. But there's also a lot of things about being on the high school team that I think have a lot of benefit and a lot of, a lot of positive. Now, um, as you said, Don, I think that it's important to every family, every player has to have a threshold of what they're willing to put up with, how much they're willing to take just to play on their high school team, or honestly, just to play on a travel ball team. Because the flip side could be true is, you know, would, you, would you, you know, expect your daughter or would, your, would you as a player stay on a really bad situation with a travel ball team just because that travel ball team could help you get recruited? And I think the answer there would be no. So I think, Don, the thing that I would say with the whole pros and cons is that there's a lot of pros to be playing on the high school team. I think it's a great opportunity for players to learn a lot. It's a great opportunity for them if they're in, I guess, a situation where they're the one of the very best players on a weaker team. There's a lot of opportunities for them to learn about leadership and things like that. I also think there's just something to be said for representing your community, representing your high school, playing with the kids that you go to school with, that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of potential pros. But I also think, as we said before, that there's got, you know, there, it's okay for a, a player to have a limit as to how much they will put up with. I mean, I, there are definitely bad coaches that coach. There are certainly some situations where the, the coaching is not probably helping a, a, specifically a higher level player develop. But I think that, uh, again, it's up to each family to make a decision about what the benefits versus the cost. But I will also say this, that there are certainly always going to be some college coaches that if a player does not play school ball, that, that that player is going to have to have a really ironclad reason to explain to that coach why they chose not to play high school. And when they're talking to that college coach, it certainly can't, shouldn't sound like, well, my high school coach isn't good enough or my high school coach isn't a good enough coach or those kinds of things, because I think that sends a really potentially negative message college coaches could hear and, and, and really be scared off of a player because of. So, Tori, I think we're right on on that. Just be prepared to answer the question because it will come up. Right. As I said at the beginning, you know, me being an old high school coach, if a player had said they you know, decided to quit the high school team, I, I would have had to have been really, really convinced it was the right thing to do because of my predisposition to like high school sports so much. So sure. and every college coach that you deal with is going to be different. There's going to be some that are going to say uh, high school doesn't matter to me at all because travel balls where the real decisions are being made. Others are going to say, hey, I want a kid that's balanced and does both. And there's still a couple of people I know that are very successful college coaches that pay a lot of attention to high school and spend a lot of time talking to high school coaches. So um, the spectrum is, it covers you know the whole gamut of different kinds of personalities and, and the player and parent need to just make sure they're wearing, weighing all that out when they make a decision to stop playing high school. No, I think that's a good topic and something good for us to revisit on a pretty regular basis, especially when we're in that recruiting mode. Yeah, and it's uh, going to be cranking up here now. The college teams will be doing a little bit less recruiting here in the spring because, of course, they're thinking about playing their schedule, but it really never stops for them. They're always working on it to a certain degree, so I think that uh, it's always good for us to, to sprinkle in a little bit of recruiting talk. So, Don, that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. Our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com, and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, 
they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. All right, Don, we spent some time in the past talking about vision training for hitting. We talked about some high-tech stuff. We talked about some low-tech stuff. I wanted us to revisit because one of the things that I am seeing more and more of with players, and especially young players, is I guess a misunderstanding of how important vision really is and a misunderstanding of how crucial it is that they learn to track the ball as well as they possibly can, to see it as long as they possibly can, and to kind of set themselves up to have the best opportunity to see where the ball is really going and where it's going to be when it gets to the home plate versus the kids who are just up there hacking and hoping for a miracle. No, I think you're right, Tori, with that, because the visual part of it can be huge. And if we're trying to play at a high level, I think it's important for us to have a way to train it and work on it. It's like anything else that uh, that we're doing. If we're, if we're not working at it, then I don't think that we're excelling as much as we could. So I think to look into um, visual programs, you might even talk to your optometrist or your optical professional. They may have some um, some things that we can do to try and enhance our visual training. And I'm hearing more and more, Tori, about different programs that are available, not only even for athletes. I know I'm getting up in my 50s, and uh, uh, people talk about our, our eyes getting a little bit lazy as we age. And there are some programs, I think, that are even available for us to um, work on our on our visual training even when we get a little bit older. So yeah. um, to do it for younger athletes, I think, is you know that, that one extra piece that might set us a little bit apart from an equal athlete. Well, Don, I know on the, on the high-tech side, there's lots of different options out there now with uh, visual uh, training, virtual reality. Well, the Oculus and, yep. Different training kinds of tools, all of those I think have great potential. But, you know, thinking about the low-tech stuff, you know, some of this is, are things that we've done for, for years and years that just help players train their eyes to see the ball differently. And I mentioned the square cuts training disc earlier, and I think the square cuts training disc is a good tool because it gives the kids a different way to process the target that they're aiming for. You know, when you put that disc up on the, on the vertical axis, instead of trying to hit a round ball, you're really trying to hit the round surface of a disc. And that disc edge presents itself differently than trying to hit the whole ball. So I think that's a really good visual aspect of the square cuts training discs that uh, really pays off. And then obviously, you know, if you use the lines, you can use the lines as a cue for exactly the target that you're aiming for. And then obviously it tells you every time you hit it, if you hit above the line, below the line, right on the line. So I think that's got some real value there. Um, But we've all seen the balls with numbers on them, the balls with colored dots on them, different color uh, wiffle balls, different color golf balls, all different kinds of small balls, wiffle golf balls. There's tons and tons of tools that you can use to force your your eyes to see the ball differently. And obviously if uh, we can help a player hit a much smaller target with us, maybe with a smaller bat and things like that. I think that goes a long way to really helping with kind of the low tech vision training that a lot of kids need a little bit of help with. No, I think that's great. Again, how good is good enough or how good is too good? Is there any way to be too good? I don't, I don't know um, if that's possible. I haven't seen it yet. And there's one little right. drill that I do with uh, players all the time that I use uh, colored wiffle golf balls and I have them stand at the plate like they're in their, in their stance. So they'll either be catching one color ball with their left hand with their body in that hitting stance. So they're kind of turned 90 degrees to it. So their eyes are doing the same kind of tracking that they would do if they were hitting. 
and then they'll catch a different color golf ball with their right hand. And then we try to get them comfortable with the idea of catching that ball as deep in the zone as possible. So they might, when they first start off, you know, they're reaching way out in front of home plate to try to catch the ball just to catch it. But then all of a sudden, you know, they're you know, able to d- determine the color, determine you know, which hand they're supposed to use. And then all of a sudden you'll see them catching that ball way behind their body because their eyes are tracking it a lot further. So they have a better idea of where it's going. So that's just another low tech one that I love to use with players because I think it gives them an ironclad way of feeling what their eyes can be doing and how their eyes can track the ball longer than they think it can. No, I think that sounds like a fun one. And just like you said, many hitters don't track it that last couple of feet, but in an effort to try and let that ball travel a little bit deeper, they would have to. So that's a good, that's a good tool. Yeah. And I like that one a lot. And there's a lot of other versions of it. Again, uh, go to the uh, uh, fastpitchprep.com YouTube channel. There's dozens and dozens of hitting drills. And uh, there's all kinds of different stuff on there about uh, uh, ways to help your hitters get better. So, Don, that's going to take us into this week's coaching tip of the week. Our coaching tip of the week, the topic is really a pretty simple one. It's how do we build our players' confidence? And one of the things that I've been reading quite a bit about is that, you know, there's a lot of players now, you know, players that I'm very familiar with that are getting involved with and doing a lot more mental game stuff, a lot more mental training. But one of the things that has made the biggest difference for them in gaining confidence is knowing that the work they're doing is making them better. And so I think it's uh, up to us as coaches to understand that you know, building your players' confidence isn't just you know, giving them feedback or building them up or giving them pep talk, but sometimes it's giving them the, the belief that the work that they're doing is really preparing them well and that they're going to be better prepared this week than they were last week and they're going to be better prepared next week than they were last week because of the stuff that they're doing in practice and the stuff that you're giving them to work on as their coach. No, I think anytime that we can uh, give them feedback in regards to um, positives, I think that's a great a great thing because they're they're looking for that uh, you know they're looking for that praise they're looking for that uh, vote of confidence that that they have been doing well and and if they're getting good results then they know that their hard work's paying off. Right, and it's a balancing act because one of the challenges is if we want them to continue to get better. We have to challenge them to do the stuff that they're not so good at. But I think they can be challenged and struggle with something for the short term and still see the long-term benefit in it. So I think to us as coaches, we start to invest more in making sure that our preparation, the stuff we're doing, um, helps our players feel like they're getting an edge. They're getting a leg up maybe on other teams or on other players because we're working so hard to help them get better that they have more faith in themselves and more belief in themselves just because of the training that they're doing more so than almost anything else. That's all good things for players that are trying to work ahead and, and be the best they can be. And um, I think most everybody that's listening to the podcast is trying to figure out how to get an advantage or, or do a little bit more than everybody else so that they can uh, enhance their skills and be the winning team on the weekend, right? Yeah. But so I guess for our coaches, you know, the thing I would tell you is uh, spend less time thinking about the amazing pep talk that you're going to give, spend a little bit less time. Um, having meetings talking about how great they are and how much they're going to accomplish and all the things that they're going to do and help them start to see that the stuff that they're doing is going to take care of that for them. They're not going to need a pep talk to build them up to think that they're good players. The practicing that they're doing, the work that they're doing is going to tell them that they're good players and they're getting better and they're going to keep getting better. And I think you know that one of the biggest mistakes we make, we talk about this quite often, is we want to spend an awful lot of time talking because we think that you know, if we build our players up 
verbally, if we build them up by, by you know, blowing sunshine at them, that that's going to solve all the problems. And unfortunately, I think a much better solution is a, a really well-run practice, a couple of more really good drills, adding in a few more things that the players see are really paying, you know, paying dividends in their performance. And I think that's a, a really important way for us to build our players' confidence. Mm-hmm. So, coaches, there's some some thoughts for you as you uh, embark on this spring season. Everybody's getting ready to um, get going full tilt. I know a bunch of the kids I work with were down in Florida playing this weekend already. So it's here. Awesome. And uh, we, we definitely need to do everything we can to get them ready. So, Don, that's going to wrap up number 199. We want to make sure that uh, we check on our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company, Patreon.com, Elite Sports, and Pinnacle Power Butter. Please support all of them if you can. And definitely become a patron if you're in a position to do so. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training disc. You can also have access to the YouTube channel. Uh, there's over 700 blogs. A couple of them have been very, very popular here in the last couple of weeks on Facebook. And we're very, always excited to see some feedback from our listeners and, and readers as, as stuff gets out there in the, in the world. And so please make sure you reach out to us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everything fastpitch at gmail.com. We definitely need player of the week nominations so please reach out to us with a player you'd like us to recognize again just a few particulars about what they've done and we'll be happy to recognize them so for coach don mckinley our producer stan lewis this is coach tory saying thanks for listening we'll talk to you again next week